my name is James, as we said earlier, uh, if I haven't had the chance to meet you. And my wife and I lead our student ministry. And coming into this morning, I'm thankful for Pastor Rick and just him entrusting me to teach the word to you this morning. It's a privilege while he's away on sabbatical. And uh, before in the first service, the rain was pounding on the roof so hard. And I'm thinking, no one may show up for second service. We, it may be me, the worship team, my wife, preach a, preach a fiery sermon, <laughs> huge altar call. Didn't really know what was going to happen. You just hear the power of the rain as it hits the roof. And I was just thinking about the power of water. Have you ever experienced that, the power of water? Like whether you were at the beach and the tide almost took you out, you almost got caught in the tide. Or maybe you went to Niagara Falls and, and you just see the power of the water as it crashes over. And uh, I had an experience in my life where I experienced the power of water. And I went to Franconia Falls in Lincoln, New Hampshire. And if you haven't been there, there's these natural waterfalls that have cut into the rock. And so you can actually go up on the rocks and, and slide down the, the natural water slide. You plunge into the water below, and it almost creates this waterfall. It's, it's pounding, pounding the water. I'm not a great swimmer. Just going to get that out there right at the beginning. I don't do well in water. I, I just don't. I didn't grow up swimming a lot. And it's not even, I, I really, do, water I don't mind so much. It's what could be possibly in the water that actually kind of scares me. <laughs> like just knowing me, it, I'll be on Jaws 5 or something or the Loch Ness Monster will get me. Like I'm just worried about what's in it. But on this particular day, I crashed down into the water, off the waterfall, down the water slide. And the, as I start to come up, I'm trying to break the surface where the water is falling. And so I actually can't break the surface of the water because of how powerful the water is hitting. And in that moment, I don't think to myself, oh, I'll swim outside of it. I immediately start to panic. And have you ever had that feeling where panic just sets in? And I, for the first time ever, the only time in my life I've thought, I may drown here. And maybe you've had that same feeling. It's, it's not a good one. Thankfully, a friend of mine had the wherewithal to, to understand that I was under the water for a little bit too long. And he jumped in, was able to, to pull me out, and everything was fine. It, it turned out fine. I'm just reminded that how powerful water is. We're going to read a story today where Jesus and his disciples experience the power of nature and what Jesus does uh, in that situation but that's kind of a story to start. But maybe as we kind of transition in my thinking as we get into the text, what happens when the, the power of life seems to kind of like overtake us? What happens when the storms of life feel like they're too much? Like when you get an email and it says layoffs and you're losing your job. I can't lose my job right now. I, I have a family to provide for. I, I have bills to pay. What happens when, when you get that email? What happens when you've been wanting to date someone for a long time and nobody is uh, asking you out? You desire marriage and, and no one's asking you out. What happens when things just don't go the way that you expected them to go in life and you find yourself in a storm like we're about to read here in a moment? And when I say storm, I want to just define it for us this morning, which would be a difficult situation outside of your control. 
That's when, when I say storm, we'll, we'll read about a real, uh, a, a natural storm today. But we talk about storms in our lives, a difficult situation that's outside of your control. What happens when you experience the storms of life? You think to yourself, well, following Jesus made sense up until that moment, right? When things just go south. What do you do? Jesus, what are you doing here? What are you doing here in my life? And if we've lived long enough, you know storms are coming. It's not if, but when they come. They will come. And so how do we get ready for them? Well, the word of God is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. And so we're going to look at it this morning to to see how Jesus uh, would prepare us. And in Luke chapter 8, that's where we're going to be this morning, Luke chapter 8, Matthew, Mark, Luke. There is this story that we're going to read is recorded in Matthew chapter 8, Mark chapter 4, and also Luke chapter 8, this, this story that we're about to read. But before we get into it, I want to start a little bit earlier in the, uh, the chapter. We've been in this Good Dirt series, and we're talking about the, being the kind of dirt that, that receives the seed of the Word of God, hears it, believes it, and then a life that produces fruit from that to say, that's a follower of Jesus. That is the good dirt that we seek to be, producing good fruit. And in verse 15 of chapter 8 in Luke, Jesus says this, As for that in the good soil, they are those who, hearing the word, hold it fast in an honest and good heart and bear fruit with patience. But look at what happens in uh, verse 14. As for what fell among the thorns, they are those who hear, but they go on their way and they're choked by the cares and the riches and pleasures of life and their fruit does not mature. We desire a faith that is strong, that no matter what comes in our lives, no matter what storm, no matter what pain, no matter what trial, could we have a faith that stays strong no matter what? I desire that faith. I I pray that you do as well. And it's almost as if Jesus, he's he's getting to verse 22 where we're going to be this morning. And I can just picture Jesus who's been preaching all day. Like this, he's been going at it. He I sweat probably dripping from his forehead. He's been preaching. And, and he comes to verse 22. He's been talking about faith. And I can just picture him saying to his disciples, hey, guys, huddle up. Huddle up. Come in close. Come in close. Hey, uh, speaking of faith, let's get in a boat. We're heading over to the other side of the lake. And in verse 22 of Luke chapter 8. It says this, one day he got into a boat with his disciples and he said to them, let us go across to the other side of the lake. And so they set out. And as they sailed, he fell asleep and a windstorm came down on the lake and they were filling with water and they were in danger. And they went and woke him saying, master, master, we are perishing And he awoke and rebuked the wind and the raging waves, and they ceased. And there was a calm. And he said to them, where is your faith? And they were afraid. And they marveled, saying to one another, who then is this, that he commands even wind and water, and they obey him? 
this boat that they had gone out in, they actually, uh, an archaeologist dig has, has pulled up one that they believe to be from that exact time period back in 1986. It's nicknamed the Jesus Boat. And it was 26 feet long by seven feet wide. You can picture how many people are piled. Jesus and his disciples, there's not a lot of room in that boat. It's not a huge boat to be out in the middle of the Sea of Galilee. Now, the Sea of Galilee was a beautiful area, rich and fertile, tons of fish, and it was just a, a wonderful place to be, surrounded by mountains and was actually set down below sea level. And so that's why it says in the text that, that the storm actually came down on the lake. Because as it being surrounded by mountains, what would happen is the cold air would rush in over the mountaintops and would mix with the warm air in the Sea of Galilee. And storms could be whipped up in a moment's notice. And so I believe that Jesus leads his disciples into this storm. I don't think he's caught off guard by it. He leads them into this storm with a purpose. And his purpose is that he wants to see what their faith is and he wants to grow their faith. And so as he does this, they find themselves quickly in a bit of a predicament. A storm has raged up. And these, this is not like me in the boat. Like I could drown on a calm river. Like I don't need much to get me in trouble. They're, these are seasoned fishermen, dirty, hairy, stinky men who like this is their livelihood. This is what they do. They fish. They have probably sailed that sea so many times. They know it like the back of their hands. And Luke is very quick to point out the seriousness of the situation that's happening here. He says, they were in danger. He's not uh, disregarding how dangerous this situation is. They have found themselves in quite a mess. And so what about us, I guess, is my question as we get into this. When our faith is tested... What do we have to hold on to? We're going to see how the disciples react and what we can learn from the text here. But what do we do when our faith is tested? When the storms of life come, how is our faith? And I got an email this weekend from our apartment complex, the management team where my wife and I lived, the, the apartment complex sent us an email regarding the, the hurricane for this weekend. And this, the subject line for the email said, tips to prepare for the storm. Tips to prepare for the storm. And this morning, I think from this text, my prayer is that I could give you some tips to help prepare for the storm that's going to come in your life. Or if you find yourself like the disciples right in the middle of it, you're already in the storm, then I pray that I can give you something to hold on to in the storm as you find the storm raging in your life. And I, so the first thing I think we learn from this text, number one, is that Jesus gives you his promise. Jesus gives you his promise. Things to hold on to in the storm, he gives us his promise. And he says, let us go over to the other side of the lake. I can just imagine them having seen miraculous things that Jesus had done. They have seen Jesus heal the sick, open the blind eyes, but nature, the power of nature, this is something they haven't seen yet, Jesus handle. And so I can just picture them, oh my goodness, we're going to die. And you see it even just the way they go to Jesus, master, master, we're perishing. They're in grave danger. When, when Jesus says, let us go over to the other side of the lake, he's making a promise in there that we're going to get there. 
He's saying, we're going to get over to the other side of the lake. And I just look at that, and I, I get encouraged by that because a, a faith that is being tested is a strengthening faith. Like, if your faith is not being tested, it's not faith at all. Faith being tested, it requires a testing to strengthen and to grow our faith. And that's what's happening to the disciples here. And that's what can happen in our own life, that our faith is tested. Faith is simply taking God at his word. God, you said this, you promised this, and my faith is in you. And when Jesus says that you're going over, you're not going under. You can go to the bank with that. Is that when Jesus says you're going to get over to the other side of the lake, they're going to make it. And so we cling to his promises in these times when the storms come. That Romans chapter 8 would say all things work together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. It doesn't say all good things. It says all things are, are working together. All the things in life that God would use. So we cling in those moments to where things don't make sense. It's not a blind faith. This is a, this is a faith in a, in a capable God. To say, God, I am clinging to your promises in this moment. I have no idea what you're up to here. I don't know why you've brought this storm into my life. But I'm in the middle of it, and I may drown. Things don't look good. And I cling to your word. I cling to your promises. No matter what it looks like. And so Jesus gives us his promise to hold on to in the storm. He also gives us his presence. He's with them in the boat. He's with them in the boat. He's with you in your storm. Jesus gives his presence to you. It's so easy, I think, to focus on the things that are right in front of us and around us, the storm that rages, the, the winds, the things that are going on in our lives, it's so easy to, to take our eyes off Jesus, just like Peter when he was on the water, right? Jesus, is, this isn't the only time he appears to them on the Sea of Galilee. He actually comes back to them a, a later time, and, and Peter's faith is tested, and he steps out on the water. But it's so easy to look at the wind and the waves around us and to take our eyes off Jesus and to forget he's with us. And so he gives us his presence in the middle of the storm. Our circumstances change all the time. Can I get an amen on that? Life is always changing. Always. God does not change. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and he is with us. He gives us his presence. And that really matters. That although I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? because you are with me. We don't fear evil because of his presence is with us. And that really matters in times where the storm is raging. I, uh, I, I blew out my knee a couple years ago playing basketball, my ACL and my MCL. Oh, if you've ever done that, it is a terrible injury to recover from. And I remember I decided for surgery because I wanted to try to be able to regain some kind of a normal life and play sports and I'm in the, uh, I met with the surgeon all leading up to the surgery, and uh, I go into the, the day of the surgery. They had given me anesthesia already, and I was sitting in the, um, the this operating room, and as I'm about to pass out, the, the surgeon walks in. 
Now, this didn't actually happen, but imagine this with me for one moment. If in the surgeon's gear walks in my buddy from high school, and he's like, all right, let's get this thing going. Wait, you're an accountant. <laughs> no, you're not touching my knee. There's no possible way. And, and I, I say that and I think about that because whose hands it, the, the surgery is in really matters. Like if it's in my buddy's hands, I'm out. I'll, I'll go for the rest of my life with a torn ACL. That's okay. But if it's in the surgeon's hands, I trust that. And that's when we, are, we have the presence of God with us in our lives. It matters that he's with us. It matters who is with us. And Jesus is with us in the storm. His presence, he gives it to us. He is with us. And so that matters. So will we have a faith that trusts in the presence of God, that he is with us, that he is capable of handling all that is coming into our lives? So he gives us his presence. He also gives us his power. There's a story in the Bible also of another dude named Jonah. And uh, he has a similar situation with water, different outcome. But he is running from God. And God tells him to go to Nineveh and to preach the gospel there and preach repentance. And uh, he says, uh, no thanks, I'm going the opposite direction. Jumps on a ship and hightails it out of there. And do you remember a storm rages up? And the people actually come to Jonah and they say, Jonah, we know you're a prophet. Pray to your God and, and tell him, ask him to calm the seas. Do you remember what Jonah says? Throw me overboard. Throw me overboard and that will calm it. And, and it does. But Jesus shows his power here because in Matthew chapter 12, he actually says, the scribes and the Pharisees ask him for a sign. And he goes on this kind of uh, little story to tell them, like, I am the sign. You believe my words. And, and, and there is uh, grace and there is mercy. Repentance is needed. And he says that to them. He says, someone who is greater than Jonah is here. He says that about himself. The power of Jesus. Jesus don't have to jump off the boat to get the waves to, to stop. He stands up and calms the wind and the waves. Because someone is greater than Jonah. He's almighty God has the power to, uh, to handle the storm. He has the authority over the wind and the waves. This is Jesus Christ. And he stands up and with one word, calms the wind and the waves. If we have accepted Jesus and we follow him, our lives are not our own. We have come under the authority of God. In our lives, 1 Corinthians 6, 19 through 20 says we are not our own. We are bought with a price and so glorify God with your body. We're not our own. We've been bought with a price. We belong to him now. And so we have come under his authority. We're under new management, baby. Our, our lives are not our own. And so in those moments, the fear and the danger that used to have the authority in our lives, that used to make us afraid, that, that would try to show us the highlight reel of, oh, look what I did in this situation. I, I was able to disrupt and, and, and break up this situation. I was able to bring fear into this. Look what I was able to do. Danger and fear would like to say that. It's like Jesus talking to Pilate in John chapter 19 when he says, don't you know the authority that I have to sentence you to death? or to let you go. And Jesus says, there's no authority that you have unless you've been given by God. That is the only authority that you have. 
And so danger and fear, the things that used to, to the, the things that used to get to us and, and mess us up and hold us hostage in fear and danger, they don't have power anymore because of Jesus Christ and his authority. He, he is the authority. And we have come under his authority, and his power changes things. His power can speak into any situation and bring life into death. And so he gives us his power. When you are in the middle of the storm, he speaks into our lives. And so just as the disciples did, our response is to cry out to Jesus, Master, Master, this storm is too much for us to handle. We need you. And in those moments, we cry out to Jesus, and it's his power that comes alongside of us. It's funny that even the wind and the waves, like if you've ever been a part of a storm, normally the wind would stop, but the waves would continue to go. I love the power of Jesus, that the wind and the waves cease at the same time. That's the power of our God. He just speaks a word. So he gives us his promise. He gives us his presence. He gives us his power. He gives us his peace. As soon as the storm hits, don't you see there's such a difference between the attitude of the disciples and the attitude of Jesus? Man, Jesus is taking a nap, and the disciples are freaking out. They are tripping. Master, we're about to drown. They're in danger, and yet Jesus is just sleeping in the middle of the boat. In Mark chapter 4, you even see a little bit uh, of their attitude or the personality comes out. They say, Master, don't you care about us? That's, that's the Mark's version of it. Master, don't you care? How often have you been there? We say, God, don't you even care about my situation? About what's going on here? Do you see this? Do you see what I'm going through? Don't you care? And Jesus just has peace in that moment, in the middle of the storm. Why? Makes me think of Philippians 4, 6 and 7, Paul says this in uh, Philippians, writing from prison, he says, don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God in the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, all human understanding. It will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. How can we have peace in the storm? The peace of God is actually guarding us when our minds and our hearts are in Christ Jesus. It guards us from the danger and the fear and the anxiety that would want to try to infiltrate. It guards, and we can have peace that passes understanding. Why? Not because my circumstance looks great. My circumstance may be a mess. It, once again, God's faithfulness and his power is not dependent on our circumstance. It's because we have his presence and his promise and his power in our lives that we can have peace. We can have peace in the middle of the storm. And so we have peace because of Jesus. And lastly, he gives us purpose. Jesus gives you his purpose in the storm. What did the disciples do wrong here? In this, in this story, what did they do wrong? Honestly, nothing. They didn't do anything wrong. Jesus said, get in the boat. And what did they do? They got in the boat. 
And can you just imagine they're in the middle of the storm, like, I listened to Jesus. I thought this guy knew what he was talking about. And here I am, we're about to die. We're about to drown. We can oftentimes feel like we are caught in storms because we did something wrong. That we've done something to deserve this storm in our lives. And, and truthfully, we could be in sin. Maybe that is some, that, that's an option. We could be in sin. But also, we will not always be outside of God's will when we find ourselves in storms. We could have obeyed. We could have followed Jesus to the T. And we still find ourselves in a storm. Why? Jesus is not surprised by this storm. He's brought them there for a purpose. And he brings us into storms for purposes. He, bring, he leads us into them. Why? So that he might produce something in us. James chapter 1 says, actually, count it all joy, brothers, when you meet trials and temptation. What? Count it all joy. How can I do that? Because you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. The storm, Jesus is doing something in it. There is a purpose in his, this storm. And he is producing faith within the disciples. And so we find ourselves in storms all the time when they say, God, why is this? God, what are you trying to teach me in this storm, in this thing that you've brought into my life that is uncomfortable and I don't like it and I wish it would end? But God, what are you trying to teach me here? What are you trying to teach me about yourself and your character? That you're faithful and you're good and you're going to get me through it just like he was teaching the disciples that? Hey, we're getting over to the other side of the lake. God, what are you trying to teach me here? What is the purpose in all this? And he uses the trials and the storms of our lives to increase our faith. It won't always be sunshine and rainbows. There's real pain. There's real sorrow in our world. We see it internationally. We see it here within our local church, families that are struggling and are going through real pain and real sorrow. And I don't minimize that pain this morning. But what I do want to do is, is, is show you that even in the midst of it, that God is doing something. And we work with students all the time who would come to faith in Jesus. And these students are on mountaintop moments in their faith. They go on a retreat like this weekend, and they're, they're on a Jesus high. And they come back, and something doesn't go the way that they thought it would go, and it tests their faith. Only to find out that they say, well, I didn't sign up for this. This isn't what I was planning for. I thought a life with Jesus was, was smooth sailing. And when their faith is tested, it's just like the seed that's, that's scattered in the, the, the thorns, and, and, and they're choked out by the cares and the concerns and the worries of this life. And we're always praying for these students that, God, would it be genuine, real faith? Would it be their faith? That, you, that it wasn't their parents' faith that they're kind of borrowing and, and, and working with. But no, it would be something real that you've done in their life. Real, genuine faith. And our, we don't graduate from that as we get older. That, that's us. God, would you give us real faith? 
that in the midst of the storm, we don't doubt your perfect plan, though we are prone to doubt at times. We are. But that in the midst of the storm, we'd say, God, I trust you. I trust you that, that just because this has happened in my life, it doesn't mean you're not good. It doesn't mean that you're still not faithful. That you still, you, you've given us your promise and you've given us your presence and your peace and your power. You've given us all those things and there is a purpose in what you're doing here in the midst of this storm. And so this morning, I just ask you the same question that Jesus asked his disciples. And I would just say, where's your faith this morning? Where is your faith? Is it in the boat? Is it in how well, can, well built the boat is? Oh, we'll make it through this. We'll make it to the other side because this boat's built really well. I'll, I'll kind of fix my life up enough to, to, to get through this. I'll, I'll do it. I'm bailing enough water out to make it. Is our faith in our, our ability to bail water out? Jesus, wake up. We need an extra set of hands. Let's get this water out of here. What's our, what is your faith in this morning? Or is it in the God who stands up and quiets the wind and the waves with, his, with all authority, with all power, and trusting that he can do the same in your life and he can carry you through, that he will? So where is your faith? Has it been misplaced? Is there a hardship right now that's louder than the voice of God in your life? That's just, that's become so big and, and you think, how am I going to make it through this? Have you just gone through the motions and your faith has become kind of a, a routine and it's lifeless, it's, there's, there's not life in it. You're just going through the motions. Or is it active? Is it growing? Are we putting our faith in the place where it matters? And so this morning, I would just pray that the storms of life would not destroy your faith. That they would not destroy your faith. But in times of testing, just like the disciples do, you would call out, Master, Master, I need you. And that you would cry out to Jesus in those moments and you would trust his all-powerful care. That he will get you through. That in times of testing, that just like the disciples, you would walk away not with a, a broken down faith, but with a faith that is strengthened to say, oh, no, I believe, I believe in my God that he can get me through, that he can quiet the wind and the waves, and he can do anything in my life and in your life. That is the power and the faith that we rest in this morning. And so the worship team is going to come and play a, a closing song, and we're going to sing, Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus. And just as a church, as we spend a few minutes in closing, whether you are um, here this morning and you feel like maybe you have been going through the motions, you feel like your faith has become lifeless and it hasn't been active lately, or you're right in the middle of the storm and you feel like the disciples, you're bailing water. You feel like you're right in the middle of it. As we sing this song, if, if you want to stand, you can stand. If you want to sit, you, you can sit and just spend a few moments in prayer to Jesus. Jesus, would you grow my faith? Would you build my faith? God, help me with my unbelief. If you want to come down to the altars, they're open just to spend a few minutes in prayer. But that's our prayer, that, that our faith would be strengthened. 
that you would have a faith that through testing and trial, it doesn't give in, it doesn't break down, but it's strengthened. So I'm gonna pray. If you would pray with me. Jesus, I thank you for your power. I thank you for your control. For those of us that like to be in control all the time, to even think about storms popping up in our life, it's, it's uncomfortable. We love to kind of see what's coming up ahead. God, I pray in this moment as we sing this song to close, would you do a work in our hearts? God, that we would trust you with our lives, that we would not just trust you with the next step, but we would trust you with the whole picture. God, sometimes it's, it is so hard to trust, and, and I pray that as a church, we would be marked as a church that is, our faith is in you, no matter what the circumstance of life looks like, no matter what the storm that is raging, that we might have faith faith in you that you can do anything for the person that's here this morning whose faith has been weakened would you strengthen them today for the person here today whose faith is active and strong let them share that with someone else for the faith that is here this morning that needs encouragement just like you spoke to the wind and the waves peace be still would you speak that to our hearts this morning and we pray this in Jesus' name, amen.